Welcome back, everybody, to Building Character 101 podcast. Today, my guest, which I'm very excited about, is he is my Mr. Miyagi of D&D RPGs. Uh, he taught me like all of the things that he knows without him realizing he was teaching me. I've fallen in love with the game. I love D&D. Anybody that knows me knows that after like knowing me for a couple days, I'll start talking about it, even if they know nothing about it. So without further ado, the creator of Chapters and one of the best GMs, whatever you want to call him, of all times, James Leinhardt. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm I'm flattered. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm doing great. <laughs> good, good. And I'm and honestly, I'm not even trying to exaggerate, man, because um, you know, you can watch Matt Mercer on YouTube, you know, you can watch some other really great GMs and they have like the cool voices and the cool characters and you know they really get in it and it's very much a um performance and you can do that too but your story is always really legit and you know i appreciate that attention to detail and the combat like everything's challenging like if you need a first time gm like this guy is great I try to like think about what you would do when I play. Just... <laughs> what would what would James do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I do. I mean, when I when I have a chance to DM, I think like, man, how did James figure that out, man? I just want to talk about it all, man. I, and there's a lot of different RPGs I know. So when we were playing, um, we got to play Pathfinder, and some people call that, you know, D and D three point five. Or they say, you know, you know, you guys play Pathfinder. You know, we play D and D. You know, we're <laughs> legit. Yeah. Why do you like Pathfinder? And well, what what do you like about that? Uh, the style of that particular RPG. Well, we we were um, playing Pathfinder. I think um, right around the end time of like fourth ed. And okay. so Pathfinder had a lot of three five uh, elements in it. But they also solved some of the clunkiness in um, in three and uh, three point five edition D and D. So it it seemed like a great way to introduce new players um, to role play and to you know just sit back and have a good time. What is it about Pathfinder these RPGs that that keep people coming back? Well, there there are different. Um, role-playing games out there that kind of fill different niches and i feel that fantasy is a part of history and so you have this quasi realness to it you have magic and things but when it's knights and swords and shields and armor you're you're getting to have a a clear visual of what you're after and then the fantasy and the dream and the the magic kind of fills in those those uh those voids so being able to harken back to a time where things were done on a man's word or that sort of fantasy thought, I think really helps drive a lot of people to that genre. And for me, that's what attracts me. It's not necessarily the we're wizards at a table or we're knights at a table. It's, it's that in a fantasy RPG, things usually are and should be what they seem and that there's that certainty with it which you don't always get in life. I feel that that's a great pull for me. They say that fantasy reveals truths that nonfiction um, sometimes cannot do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. That's definitely how I feel about it is that you get 
to the, the core of someone by seeing who they want to be. That's a good way to look at that. I never really thought about that. I know um, my very first character was a, a he was a dwarf druid named Lobo, and yep. uh, I named him after my first dog because my very first dog, his name was Lobito, which is like Little Wolf. And I was like, oh, let's just kind of go with that, and maybe his thing will be wolves or something. And then I ended up with the Velociraptor as my first thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you definitely uh went right for the the dm uh kryptonite right away you're like i want a dinosaur <laughs> yeah. and i didn't know because i just like i was looking at the book and it was like listed on there and i was like mm, i don't i'll write this down and see if it flies and you were cool with it and hell as a new player i didn't know what the hell i was doing anyway i didn't even know i could do spells until like the fourth session or something <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think that it helped me to allow you and the other players at the table to discover what abilities and, and, and powers that you could have instead of trying to, to guide you in a specific way and just letting you explore that character, explore that world was very rewarding for me. One of the things that we had talked about on the phone before is that um, people bring in their level one character and they want their level one character to be this badass or, you know, this really powerful person with this, all these connections or maybe this great backstory. What advice do you have for players who really want to get the most out of their their first character. Play the character as though it was the beginning of their hero arc. Don't don't jump into I'm going to be King Arthur. You have to start out as Squire Arthur first. You have to okay. start out as the apprentice and to allow your character to grow into the hero with the story, with their abilities, with their strengths, with the, the things you learn and, and the ways that you play the game are going to be way more satisfying and rewarding as a player than trying to make it exactly a one way that you specifically want it to be. That's great. That is good advice. One of my, one of the, the best magical items, and I say this sarcastically, the deck of many things appears. <laughs> And now maybe your character is a different gender now, or maybe they are a different class, or maybe you've lost all of your money, or maybe you own an estate of some kind. Yeah, or yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, allowing the story to unfold and understanding that you're there to enjoy the game as a group and not just for your benefit. Your your activity is to win the game as a group and if everybody's having fun then that's winning you know D, &D or role-playing games absolutely i mean at the end of the day like you can have this you can put these notches on and say hey i have killed every big bad guy in every battle right but then who do you tell that to and who does that really impress when you tell that story to later you know right it's way more rewarding to tell the crazy anecdote of what happened with your character and the story that unraveled afterwards rather than i defeated zeus and thor and all of the pantheons um, 
just I don't know <laughs> more about the story in that in that regard. It's true because um, these accomplishments they they're most like I think they're most awesome within the party. You know, at the end of that session, everybody leaves with that high of survival, and then um, but no matter how hard you try or how well you retell that story, um, nobody's gonna be like oh my god that was the most that's so awesome that you defeated the big evil dragon and you only had one hp left like I, how did you do that i mean unless they're like you know another super nerd and they understand the complexity <laughs> of it but you know yeah uh, you know what's funny is when you're we're talking about this i i couldn't help but um, remember um bill the pony <laughs> yes 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 it's a little bill uh build a pony <laughs> so i guess for listeners um build a pony um was a, a um steed um that was uh a characters and um and he was a gnome inquisitor by the way yeah and 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 build a pony was being fed a bunch of cherries by the gnome and <laughs> yes and and uh failed its uh constitution check <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is a way better story than what we said before about you know defeating the big bad uh <laughs> just you know that that those things stick with you more i remember that more than you know the the, the epic battle at the end um because that that was endearing, you know. Everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, you're right. And the big battles are great, I think. But I think it's like it's like a private affair for the party to enjoy and the DM. You know, like Absolutely. everybody, people are watching it, and it's edited in some way, or maybe you <laughs> record it on a you know on a podcast format. Yeah, I think that there's lots of ways to share the adventures. Um, and and to make something exciting, but it it really does come down to those unique moments that could only happen between a table of people sharing a story and then ran in the random outcomes, you know, failing the Constitution save or failing the Dex save or making the the natural twenty when it was all hope was lost kind of scenario. The, those, those moments are the ones that stick with you. Those are the moments that you come back next week for that. You're like, you know, I really want to see what happens with, with this group or this character. And, uh, especially as a game, uh, master, that's, that's what I'm coming back for. I'm coming back for the players and, and their enjoyment. And sometimes it's work as a game master, you know, you, 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 uh, you have to manage everything and make sure that everything is, is at least making sense. But during the session, when everybody's having a good time, that's, that, that's what it's all about. What is your formula as a game master for, um, as far as preparation and putting a good session together for your players? You know, I don't know if formula is the best word, but you know, hope you kind of get what I'm, I'm asking. I, I, I absolutely do. Um, for me, uh, I, I lean on my strengths. So I have uh, an inventive, creative mind. And so I try to come up with ideas. But then to help pick the best idea, I'll, I'll run them by somebody. So my wife, uh, sometimes I'll run ideas by her. 
and see which ones she likes and keep kind of keep her up on like at least the story and what she feels is one of the better ways to take that next session and then after that really just letting the players decide what happens next um, take for instance I, I i had a game recently where i had this whole plan where the players were gonna they were gonna go into a dungeon and do a big dungeon delve and then they just ended up shopping in town because they 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 were afraid of going into the dungeon tour <laughs> <laughs> So, I, but that was great. Um, there was a really fun role-playing moment. Uh, I got to play a shopkeep who is in love with one of the characters. And I got to um, also have a, a moment where they got to say goodbye to a character who had passed, who, who had died in, in game. So, wow. yeah, I mean, in one session, we went from, you know, exhilaration to, you know, uh, to sorrow and then back. So if I tried to force them into going into the dungeon, that would have just been against the story, really. Yeah, and I guess those are, you know, um, that comes with experience, uh, knowing those, like when to make those calls. Because have there ever been times where the players, like, they've kind of, like, frustrated you a little bit? You guys got to do something here because game's not <laughs> moving. Um sometimes i'm sure um but i have any time that i felt like i was getting annoyed with the situation or i wanted it to go a certain way at the end of that session i would always reflect on why i was feeling that way what what it was that i wasn't getting out of the game and that usually brought up other important things that i could talk to the players about just with them instead of trying to um cause something to happen in game not usually resolve the issues that i did have so good advice for game masters or new game masters is if you do have any um issues that arise in game to keep it under your hat until you can talk to the uh the players afterwards and, and of course reflect before you do on on what it is that you need from the game so that you can relay that to your players in a rational way and, and make and make the outcome for the next session better and that's and that's really good advice uh, because nobody wants to be told off i guess on the spot you know while everybody's trying to have fun and, and maybe that person might not even know yeah and it's always good to reach out you know get give give everybody an opportunity to kind of resolve any issues um out out of the campaign out of the game so so one of the things that you did really well out of the several things that were good, but you were really good at keeping things secret and like these plot twists that we never saw coming, like things that if we would have played it a little differently, you know, maybe we wouldn't have had this result or fought this guy who may not have actually been a bad guy, but we thought he was a bad guy. And I'm thinking about when we fought that red dragon that wasn't really like the bad guy. But we just we thought he was, so we just you know beat the crap out of him, of course. <laughs> um, and then you know that caused this huge chain of events. But how how do you get like you know so good at those things, man? Because some of those little details of like it's like oh I'm just gonna kind of bait you into giving up this, and then this will happen, and and then we're just kind of doing this all by our own free will. Like I never felt like we were forced into really anything. 
Right, right. Um, I mean, you got to be a little diabolical, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Setting up pieces, um, not not making it too complicated on on myself or on any other uh, game master, but setting up a few pieces in the world that they're going to explore and then having those pieces have their own little agendas. So if players ignore this piece, then this piece moves on its own. If players interact with this piece, then this, you know, possibly could be an outcome. So having just a few of those um, in place allows um, the players to make mistakes, to learn from them, to interact in ways unexpected. And then thinking about, like, consequence that could happen. Um, I, I always try to think of there's three things, you know, the players could do. They could uh, walk away from it, they could uh, fight it, or they could um, interact with it um, and get to know it. So mm -hmm. ha having at least those three outcomes for the pieces um, really helps kind of me perceive that world for them so I can, I can kind of like direct them a little bit in, in this um, shared story that they're having so that players aren't feeling like that this world is stagnant and it has life to it. Okay. Uh, making something that three-dimensional, I know that's got to be a lot of work. It made it really fun. I know that. Like I, <laughs> like, I love the dungeons and stuff, but I was always like thinking, I was like, man, when are we going to go to the next town? Because I want to interact with some of these people and see what kind of things that we can do or get into or go to the next pub or, you know, just goof around and just kind of let loose, you know, and. Yeah. And that was always available to you too. So when it comes to party um, table interaction, how can you, as the player, try to get the other players, the other characters involved in what you would try or, or would like to try. And, uh, as a as a game master, if I see a spark of that, uh, I always try to encourage it. So uh, something happening is always better than nothing happening. You know, and after that one um, <clears throat> campaign with you, I and as time kind of gone on, I look at the game way more differently now than I did when I was playing in the campaign. Like, because when I was playing the campaign, I was like. You know, I want to be able to do enough. You know, I want to have my moments, right? And now when I play, when I have a chance to, what can I do right now that could, one, be the most fun, but two, not make the party mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my advice is to throw that second one out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I know you're right. <laughs> You know, but that comes with experience, I suppose. You're discovering what the party likes, and, and every party is going to be a little bit different, and mm -hmm. you're going to have to kind of feel that out. Like, I remember early games um, back um, in, like, I don't know, 2008. I was playing with a group. It was one of my first groups I played with. And I didn't, as the, as the game master, I didn't want them to die. I wanted to keep challenging them with more and more powerful things, and try to. I tried to learn the sweet spot. And one of the players, after a session, took me aside and was like, "Can my guy just die?" 
And I was I was kind of taken aback. I was like, "Well, I'm I'm not trying to do that." And he said, "Well, I noticed that I got down to like zero health, and yet and and, and I failed the saves, and and yet my guy didn't really die. Like he came back. And I would like to play a different character if that's okay." And I, I paused, and I was like, "You know, of course your guy can die." He's like, "Yeah, sometimes the game is a lot more exciting if there's a glorious death." Mm. I was like, wow, I can definitely do, I can do that. And you know, that character had a glorious death. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was a great learning experience for me because you don't want to upset the players, but sometimes just allowing the game to, to random rules, as it were, to narrate a little bit of the story, that. That really helps that immersion. That helps that this is this has consequences, and consequences matter a lot um, in these role play games and in these shared stories. That's a that's a really good point too. Like if there's no risk of death or some sort of immediate peril, then you're not really that cautious as much, or maybe you're not as invested. Absolutely, you, the the investment comes with. This character's life is in my hands. Um, what can I do as a player to further their life? Or if if they're going to go down in a blaze of glory, what would be the most magnificent way I could do that? Giving those opportunities, more opportunities for glory, more opportunities for crazy things that you don't get to do in real life. But then having the consequences feel real it has been definitely one of my best tools in my in my kit i mean there were these little moments where we would get attached to npcs in your campaign and man when they died or if they were in danger of dying i was like damn man that really sucks i like that guy (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) you know but it but it's just how it worked out you know they you know they were in danger and I mean, even though, you, you know, we sometimes controlled them in combat and, you know, whoever was controlling them, they moved up and then, you know, they got hit with the thing or the, the blast and they yeah. took all the damage. And then it's yeah. like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the sort of uh, Damocles wasn't very far from anyone's head at that point. It's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that magic is like, it's the most powerful thing in the game, arguably, you know, I mean, you could be a really good fighter and your monk and, you know, you can have all these AC and extra attacks and stuff. And those are great. But, uh, I've found that a lot of new players, they love, they love to play these magical casters. And what advice would you have for a player who's like a newbie, but they want to be a spellcaster? and, you know, spellcasters are kind of tough to pick up because you have all of this extra reading material you know you got to know what these spells do and i would recommend if you're brand new i would recommend playing a uh, a fighter class first and then multi-class into some magic user type that that suits you um, there are some that bridge the gap like paladins and rangers um but you still kind of run into that Maybe you didn't really want to play uh, a holy knight, or um, you didn't really want to play, you know, 
the ranger out in the woods. You wanted to, you know, you wanted to be more, more urban. And that, I say, pick one of the, one of the melee or one of the range type, um, physical characters, I, I guess you could say, non, non-magical. And make that your first couple of levels. So you kind of get the basics of the game. And then branch out, um, multi multi class um, with that character. Don't don't feel that 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 character will always be confined to um, wielding their sword or their dagger or their fists, um, and that something could happen. And then maybe work with the game master too. Like, hey, would this next level be a great level for me to go ahead and pick up? You know, that uh, wizard or that. Um, uh, cleric or druid and, and in that way the, the learning curve can be a little less steep i think some people they believe that the game master is only there to try to you know create the story and then try to kill you off you know in combat it's a lot more than that a good game master wants their players to be the best that they can right well that's that should be your goal. <laughs> I have played a couple games where I was like, you know what? I'm killing you. <laughs> but, that's but that's a good. different game. That that's a that's a zombie. Uh, I've I played quite a few a zombie game where the goal is really to have the most glorious, uh, crazy uh, death. But absolutely, you want it. You I'm sorry. You you do you do want to um, create a good story as, as a as a game master. The, group story and then mm-hmm. if one player you know researches some books or picks up some scrolls or um has a, a deity call to them and, and and they become you know infused with power that way those are great transitions to now you're going to multi-class into this other this other aspect of the game that you want to try what's um like if you're playing what's one of your favorite um builds you like to go to I I am such a, a cleric. <laughs> okay. Um, I I love the dwarven, um, full defense, healing type and or earth uh, type uh, cleric. I love the idea of using the environment uh, to to my advantage and thinking outside of the box for solutions. And I think that the the cleric seems to lend itself most to those type of scenarios. That's if I What's like your... you. <laughs> <laughs> if I, if, if I want to be, um, if I'm in a mood, um, the other is a, a goblin, I'm sorry, not a goblin, gnome illusionist. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I, can, I can play that character too. And basically, I try to pull as many uh, scams in game on NPCs that I can. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's all about the coin at that point. Well, what's one of the what's one of the um, like uh, scams that you may have pulled off that you're really proud of? Um, I mean, one of my favorite scams was causing uh, a big uh, distraction at a party, and was basically um, having one of the uh, rogues play a um, a performer, and then the illusion was to add extra performers to that um, I know the story I know this one <laughs> Keep going though it's good <laughs> Well I it, it basically 
um, was uh, to cause this major distraction. And so um, as Mai and his character were there, the uh, illusions kept um, getting more and more vulgar. And then he was, <laughs> he was describing what they would do. It, it worked. I mean, we, we were successful with our heist. But... Um, was that it was, the aristocrats or something? Was, it the was end? the aristocrats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that, that game master uh, did not play with us after that. <laughs> he did not come back for the next session. Oh, man, you broke him. <laughs> <laughs> not, not intentionally. Not intentionally. <laughs> we were just having fun. No, and that's it, man. That's awesome, though. Uh You'll probably tell this story uh, to others as well, like this one time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. You have to, man. Yeah. At least but, I hope um, so. In, in, my, in my universe, he does. <laughs> <laughs> when you are in a, you know, you're the GM, and, you know, let's say the players, they, you know, they just kind of want to start doing, like, I guess we could just call it murder hobo stuff, oh. right? That's like the oh, in-game yeah. thing. Game master's um, favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how do you normally handle that uh, situation? You know, which people listening, if you don't know what that is, it's when you basically start killing off uh, innocent people that you don't even know. Right, right. It's like like this NPC comes to you with, uh, you know, he's walking on a on a hobbled leg. Is is one um, uh, crutch clicking on the stone cobble ground as he uh, gently holds his hands up to you as if to ask uh, a favor. <laughs> and then how does the murder hobo respond, uh, Anthony? Pull out my sword and I cut his head off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, in those situations, honestly, um, the best advice I can give is to lean into it and to lean into it hard. Um, okay. If the if the player characters are are gunning for a fight, describe the if if you're comfortable with it. Of course, never do a game that you're not comfortable with. But if you're comfortable with it, describe the the blood spewing forth and the you know the 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 gore and and lean into it really hard. Kind of like to in a way to satiate that players want because that that seems mm. to me like they're trying to to say hey i i just want to wreck something i i'm i'm feeling reckless or i'm i, I want to you know i want somebody to to hurt for a little bit and, and it's a safe space so lean into it but then have the consequence follow up have like a a page or um a, a, a passerby see this and like yell out like scream guards you know, and and start having that you know interaction. Like now, you have the guards on you. Continuously amp that up. As the game master, that is the one tool you can use in your toolbox when the players want to hack and slash. Meet them. Meet them with it. Meet them with equal or slightly greater force. Make them have that uh, escape. Make them have that um, chance where. They they realize oh we're being overwhelmed um, after they win a few uh, rounds and then give them the opportunity to okay you can keep trying to fight or you know 
you you spot a cart with you know some horses or whatever providing them so that they don't feel like you're trying to punish them like there's a story there somewhere and even if they just want to begin hacking and slashing giving them that um that crazy fight that they're after but then a way out you know oh you see you spot a sewer grate um, you you spot you spot top of a roof uh, that looks like there's a, a ladder leaning against it. Anything like that will give them that that hint. Like you could run if you want, and if they choose not to, then that's their choice. You just keep meeting with a even greater and greater force until they either decide to perish that character that they created, or or they don't. Then they get to have that glorious uh, death. Mm. That's really good. No, that's really good advice. I think that is the best way to handle it because um, if you let, because sometimes I notice like players, you know, if they're trying to just be a little cheeky or something, they might try to do it to see like if they can get under the GM's skin or whatever. And, right. um, you know, and maybe not even be malicious. They're just like, you know, I want to have some fun and see what he does, you know. Absolutely. I, <clears throat> you remind me of um, a fairly recent uh, session where um, the guards had come in and they were arresting um, some peasants. And one of the peasants was a companion to uh, one of the players. The player is like, no, um, don't go towards the guards, come towards me. And even though the guard was right on him, and so I rolled uh, the attack and, and the guard had killed the peasant. So there was a consequence. Yeah, there was a consequence to to the action, and the table went silent. Everyone was paying attention. It was it was Mm. dramatic. Even the player who had that happen to them, who thought, you know, we're having this cheeky moment, but then I I I snapped them out of it real quick, just to just to let them know, hey, there is consequence. It wasn't that Mm. there were there had to be a fight right then and there. It was just, hey, there's consequence. I really like that. Well, I I don't want our conversation to go without us talking about chapters, you know. Um, so for those who never heard about it before, this is a game that James um, he created himself, and I I've, I think he may have pulled a couple things maybe from some other things, but this is just this is yours, you know. This is like one of a kind thing. Um, you mind like sharing anything about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, it has been uh, described as riding the lightning. Uh, D&D amped up um, Ooh. That, that sort of thing uh, I, I wanted to make a role playing game that was intuitive that felt like whatever a player would want their character to try they could try and a, a, a game uh, in, in chapters are called chapters guides in a, in a chapter guide you would be able to manage any Currents at the table without having to do a deep dive into a rule or without having to know everything about everything and and you could role play with the with the players and a round of combat would take only seconds instead of longer so i have a lot of really unique aspects to the game that um i think are going to actually probably change role play um forever after it's released mm, i believe it um is there any way people listening could support this endeavor at this time or maybe in the future um 
to help it get off the ground if that's something that you're thinking or is it you know you still want to test it more where are you on anyone who's interested in helping to support they can definitely uh send me an email chaptersmaster at gmail.com um i will probably be uh opening up the world uh anvil um subscriptions so i will be able to provide people with um subscriptions there's going to be a whole world so chapters is gonna be not just uh, a game but a living rpg as well ah so people will be able to play the game and have some effects on the world itself do you mean like in that sense absolutely Ooh, that is man now that's cool that's like (laughs) world of warcraft stuff there yeah, there's going to be uh, a whole story arc of 10 chapters that's going to be the main story arc. And in each chapter, there's going to be worlds where the players, the, the, the game guides, will be able to change that world and grow that world as it progresses. Wow. Now that Man, that's some deep stuff. Like, that... I, I can't... I know, like... Other games, maybe uh, like Dungeons and Dragons, like maybe they have some sort of place where you can write, like submit your stories or something like that. But this sounds even better, like way deeper than that. Yeah, I, I think that the um, capabilities of the platform um, could definitely handle players um, changing the world and changing the NPCs, changing this, basically every aspect of it. In that regards, I would be giving them that world. They, they would get to have a world of their own um, that they could roleplay. Any um, estimated kind of time you're looking at for this? Or is this um, still in the de- developmental stage? Or you know, just kind of an idea? Yeah, chapter one is the first one, the first world. It is in development. We have map created. We have the cities, all of the history, a lot of the NPCs. So I would say we're probably at safely 50%. That's a conservative 50%. I'll be investing any way I can. Like, that's that's I, an awesome project. Thank you. I, I want to have it done in a year and have people subscribing and playing in, any, in, in a year. It's a good goal. And I know just from you like talking about it and you, I remember we were discussing how you wanted to do like the combat, uh, all of that and like the different phases of combat. And I was like, man, all those details sound cool. It sounds like you could just pretty much make your character into whatever you want. And some of these other games, um, they give you some freedom with like the unchained things or whatever, but this is a, this is different. This is just like from the get-go. You can just be whoever and fight however and, you know, feel like you are not limited by any rules. Correct. Yeah, we're we're making the game way more customizable, but also unique. So you don't end up playing the same character over and over again, unless you want to. But the options will be so varied that one of the things that was... uh, very important to me was magic should feel like magic and in the game there are all there are also psychic abilities and those should feel like psychic abilities and they shouldn't intermix they should be they should be distinct mm-hmm. and that has been 
one of the funnest challenges for me to to overcome and magic has a cost in chapters and not only does it have an initial cost that your character pays but also if you fail um to make the magic happen in the as 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 the character is trying to cast it if you fail the rule there's another cost um and this could be just a, a little slice into one of the changes out of the norm that Chapters is bringing, um, is a backlash. So if, if a spell is failed in Chapters, something bad could happen. Um, you can choose as the player to have that bad thing happen um, outside of your character, so in the, in the spaces around it, or inside your character. Um, a example would be like a magic blast, and if you cast a, a, a magic blast, it's a fire a spell that causes a, a fire arrow to streak forth from your hands and and hit your opponent. But if you fail that um, spell, then a fire um, erupts around you in a five foot uh, area, and that makes does, perfect sense. It does damage to things around you. Or you can choose to take the damage internally. Mm. I like see. I like the way that turns out. That that's pretty cool. I haven't seen other games do stuff like that. Yeah, and the the fun thing is that even upon failure, your character could make that into a success. So if you're a wizard and you're casting this firebolt at an ogre, and the goblins have surrounded you because they're going to try to take you out because you're the wizard well you fail that that magical blast you can have that hit those goblins instead because it hits everything in a five foot area around you or that's creative you're, uh, yeah <laughs> or if you're if you're playing safely and you have your friends around you because you have the, the ranger or the 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 rogue hiding near you you might not want to have fire wrapped around you and hurt them mm. you have to take it internally and that comes at a different cost because i'm assuming if you're a wizard you might not be that hardy that's that is also correct yes <laughs> <laughs> so Oof. so wow. I, I that for me that's just a slice that is one of the changes that chapters is bringing to the role-playing um, environment i'm excited about I'm, I'm very excited about all of the changes but it was one of the fun insights that came to us as we were developing the game. Would you be able to say that new and old players would both would all be able to jump in to chapters? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be a learning curve when it comes to a game, like a role-playing sure. game. Sure. But the intuitiveness is strength. And like other role-playing games, which again, I'm not faulting the mechanics, I just feel like it could be done differently, is as a new player, if an attack is coming at me, I want to say, oh, I, I dodge it or I block it or something. And that's not always the case where you have that possibility. But in chapters, that is absolutely one of the things you could do. You could choose to block it or, or dodge it. In fact, that's encouraged. So that back and forth narrative of the combat 
becomes integrated in the whole able experience so that the new player just has to exclaim what they would do in that situation and chapters has that built into it and dude that's awesome because i know a lot of times if i'm dming and a player wants to do something really unique i feel like i'm pulling like like a house rule thing now you know or you know, I'm just kind of making something on the fly. You know, I could say, oh, it's a combat maneuver. And then I'm thinking, like, what is this type of thing? Is it a grapple? Is it a brush? Is it a, like, what, what do I call this? I'm like, he didn't say he was defensive before it happened. So if you're, like, if someone is going to attack you, you have these these reactions. You know, you're not just going to stand there and then they hit you. And then you're like, okay, you hit me. Now I get to hit you, you know, like. It's not very realistic. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, some of the, um, just to bring up something that's recently happened in a game was uh, enemies were shooting arrows at the party, and the party knew that if they were to try to defend, they might not get the opportunity to hit the enemies. So they chose take the hit instead of trying to dodge or block and then they returned fire so they, they were basically pelting each other <laughs> with these arrows and, but that was their choice and that that was because they knew they needed to to try to end it quickly mm, okay okay but like that's that's the nuances that open up in uh when the players are left to come up with creative solutions and 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 instead of no you have to do it this way this is how the rules uh, state it but instead yeah what would you like to do what what what's your tactic in this what's what's your idea to 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 win this combat how are you going to how are you going to win uh, that's very freeing to hear i like that so I know I'm looking forward to it. Um, James, is there anything that you're excited about right now in the RPG world or, you know, chapters, of course, that's very exciting, uh, but anything uh, in particular or specific that, you know, you're looking forward to right now, or it may be something in general. I, I, I always look forward to Gen Con. I mean, that's, that's kind of the big one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely want to make it out to that one, man. Ever since you told me about it, I'm man, I, I got to make, and I, you know what? I follow it every year. Like, I'm like, who's going to be there? And I'm like, man, I want to make it out to one of those. Well, I will say, uh, if so long as I can make it out there, I will be running uh, a chapters and a prototype out there. So that would be, that would be really fun. That would be awesome. You know, um, I really, I hope that works out. I hope you're able to get a chapters game up there and you're able to talk the game to everybody and anybody. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is a, this is a good one. I definitely can agree. And you're a good GM, man. So I can't think of anyone else better to kind of do this thing. So oh, I good... appreciate it. Yeah. I guess Absolutely. another thing I'm looking forward to is, um, is, is podcasts and YouTube um, stories. I, I, I love watching people's stories uh and hearing their stories about their games and their favorite games nice so i i feel that more content is potential out there there's going to be more sharing out there so that is fun that is exciting 
I don't know how new it is, but it definitely is something I look forward to. It's a big, uh, it, there's a lot of opportunity there with that, especially with all the different types of media now. Like, I mean, it, it's big, you know, and that's awesome. You know, within Instagram, TikTok, all these things, uh, YouTube, everything, man. Like, I know like it could be really big. So I'm, I'm glad that's, I'm glad that um, that's working out. That's really awesome. I, I'm excited to, to see um, a lot of new content come out. New people. I, I just, just want to hear about all the stories, like the, like what we shared today. You know, I, I feel that if a story inspires somebody to, to, to join a group or to be a part of a table or to try it out, that's a win. And that's, and that, you know, one of my goals for this whole thing is I want people to be able to listen to people, people sharing their passions and understanding why, like, this is a part of uh, who we are, you know, um, your role as a GM, you know, that is like, it's part of like who you are. It's not everything about you. You know, there's a lot more layers to James Linehard than just the chapters master. But um, this is like your, uh, what's the word? Um, you like your finest work, you know, the, the big <laughs> item that you want to do. And it's always exciting to see yeah, that unfold. Yeah. I mean, is it is over 20 years in the making there you go yeah and uh, so yeah I, i'm i'm excited that it's it's coming to a realm of possibility no longer in the realm of the dream but it's coming to the realm of the real so it can be part of many people's dream i love it well james thanks uh thank you so much for um for joining me today and um you know, I've loved this conversation. I'd love to have you back on again sometime because I know we kind of just scratched the surface on just this stuff. And uh, we always have some pretty good conversations about this particular topic. So, you know, whenever you're available and things work out, I'd love to have you back on and maybe we can talk more chapters and however it unfolds. Absolutely. That, that sounds great. I really enjoyed being um, on here with you. Thank you again, man. So everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Tune in uh, next week for our next episode and keep on building.